When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, once again, your host, your boy, Neil Villapiano, and a welcome to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having really a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. And also, as always, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really, really greatly appreciate it. This episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored, as always, by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Folks, we got a lot to talk about here today. Uh, There's a couple of rumors, one that is directly involving the New Jersey Devils that I wanted to kind of analyze and also I don't know if I would necessarily say I'm going to go on a rant, but I'm going to call out, you know, some people um, who have kind of, you know, put this out there. And then I'm also going to be giving you guys my personal devil's dream off season. So this goes basically, I guess you would say not fully logical, but it's going to be relatively close and just what I personally would love to see. It doesn't mean that it's it's incredibly possible that all this could happen in one offseason, but it's basically, you know, my dream offseason. So it's kind of what I would love personally if, if I was allowed to dictate what the Devils did and what they were able to do and everything worked the way that it does. That's what I would want them to do. So it was kind of a fun thing uh, to do. And I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, if you if you like it, if you don't like it, you know, if you have your own um, off season dream wish list, whatever you want to call it that you want to share, as always, make sure to reach out to me on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll kick things off with our first uh, rumor, so to speak. And this one is directly involving the New Jersey Devils. And it it involves a Montreal Canadiens player. It has been reported several times now that the Devils have interest in Montreal Canadiens right winger, Josh Anderson. So 
The Devils have been rumored with the Canadians for several different things, including the second overall pick. Um, and Josh Anderson is just the latest in the handful of different rumors that have been thrown out there involving both the Habs and the Devils. So the first question, really, when you look at Josh Anderson, does it really make sense to make a move for him? Um, I'll be very honest with you and very blunt. Uh, I don't really think it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I get that he could fill a void that someone like a, a Brian Boyle filled for us, even a Pat Maroon, you know, that big body winger slash center that can, you know, you know, muck it up in the corners and things like that. But there's other options out there, cheaper options that the Devils can go after if that's the route they want to take when it comes to filling out the roster maybe in the bottom six, so to speak. Um, to me personally, he doesn't really help the Devils move the needle that much to getting better, to taking the next step. There are so many different opportunities out there for the Devils. As we all know, the Devils have been rumored with some of the top players in the NHL, especially guys who have been reportedly been made available. Every rumor for a big-name player, especially a winger, uh, the Devils have been rumored with uh, since the offseason really began. And when you look at Josh Anderson, to me, honestly, he's kind of a meh player. He, he doesn't he doesn't really scream impact player because, again, just like last season, we're looking for impact players, guys that we know for a fact are going to come into the organization right away and make a difference. And Josh Anderson just really doesn't do that for me. He finished last year with the Canadians worst team in the NHL with a measly 32 points. Um, we had a handful of guys that had way better seasons than Josh Anderson did. And I know that just three years ago, Anderson had a tremendous year with the Columbus blue jackets when he was still in Columbus, where he scored 27 goals, which is only one goal more than anybody who scored on the, um, than the highest goal score on the devils this season. Um, but that was three years ago. And Josh Anderson just, he doesn't really, again, scream any sort of impact player. And as I was looking up uh, some information on Josh Anderson, he still has five years left at $5.5 million AAD left on his contract. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's, that needs to still be paid $30 million or a little more than $30 million over the next five years. I don't see the point in that. I, I just don't see the point. While we do have a lot of cap space, we can't just spend it willy-nilly and just hope that we can hit on some of these random dudes. And, um, you know, this whole thing about the Devils have interest, I mean, it's it's possible that they do, but where does he fit on this team? I mean, that's really kind of the thing. And, and what could he bring to the team that's going to be worth it? And again, the Canadians are doing it to try to clear up cap space. I mean, let's just call it like it is. And this is kind of brings me to the next point of why I wanted to talk about this, because I really have an issue with the Canadians media over the last couple of weeks. Um, and th this is really calling out pretty much everybody that covers the Montreal Canadiens, because basically every single one of them to one point or another has come up with a really, really absurd trade or rumors that only benefit the Canadians. Now, I, I, I get it, obviously. I get it because they're biased, because they cover the Canadians and they want to figure out what makes best for the team. But at the same time, you have to be fair when it comes to that. You have to think of it from the other side to say, 
Will the devils accept anything? And some of the mock trades that I've seen are absurd, especially for the second overall pick. I mean, the rumor that is the most ridiculous is that the Canadians acquire the second overall pick for like Josh Anderson, Caden Primo, who I've seen several times and is nothing more than a meh goaltender, and a couple of mid-tier picks. Do you really think the devils are that stupid? Like, honestly, I, I really question the intelligence in a way from the Montreal media. Do you really think we're that stupid that we're going to do that? Now, I'm not saying that the Canadians themselves are the ones putting out these rumors and things like that. I'm calling out the media of Montreal, who is really, really trying to make it seem like the devils would be stupid enough and gullible enough to take a bunch of meh assets for the second overall pick, because everybody's saying, oh, can you imagine if the Canadians could draft both Shane Wright and Yurov Slavkovsky and everything like that? Well, what does that leave the Devils? I mean, really? And look, the Devils have obviously made it clear that they are willing to move the second overall pick for the right price. Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Caulfield is not worth the second overall pick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if anybody believes that which I don't think any Devils fan would believe it, but he's not worth the second overall pick. Guys like David Pasternak, Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit, you know, guys like that, those are the type of players that are worth the second overall pick with obviously other things involved, but it's a pretty good starting point. Not a guy like Cole Caulfield who kept going up and down in the minors this season in just his second, well, technically first full year in the NHL. I'm sorry, like I'm, I'm not... You're not convincing me of that. So for the Montreal media to continuously put out these really stupid rumors and these really stupid mock trades that only benefit Montreal and are not even close to being fair makes you question the credibility and the, <laughs> the wherewithal that, uh, that these people don't have or are or, or certainly lacking. Like it's, it's really absurd. It really is. So, with Josh Anderson, here's the deal. The Devils, if they really wanted him, they could get him for very little to nothing. Seriously. Because the Devils would be doing the Canadians a favor by taking on this contract for the next five years. I don't think the Devils should even become close to entertaining this unless the Canadians make it worth their while. Meaning they'd probably have to add more to the deal to get Josh Anderson off the books. Mark Bergevin is the one to blame for that situation. And while, yes, the Canadians are certainly in a rebuild, you know, it doesn't mean that they can just easily dump players left and right like it's EA Sports NHL 22. I mean, it's, it's not, it, that's not reality. It really isn't. Um, and, you know, while, yes, the Canadians could certainly still draft Slavkovsky number one overall if they really want to. But that just means the Devils end up getting the maybe potentially the best player in the draft in, you know, Shane Wright, or maybe even get a package package deal for a star player that um, that could go there. Because if Shane Wright drops from one and is there at number two, I bet you that there will be a lot of teams that will call the Devils to try to move up to get Shane Wright because that's the way that it's looking. I mean, again, the expectation is still at this moment that Shane Wright is going to go number one overall to the Canadians and that Yurav Slavkovsky from Slovakia is going to go number two to the Devils unless things change, which is the Devils get a star player like some of the guys I just mentioned, you know, in, in a trade or 
the you know, or the Canadians decide that they love Slavkovsky more than Shane Wright, and they draft Slavkovsky. I mean, they really can't go wrong either way, in my opinion, but I think Shane Wright is probably the better move for them because they need that center. They need that top center. We don't. Slavkovsky fits more of a need for us. Um, and I will tell you this right now. If the Devils somehow made a deal where they traded up and maybe they swapped picks with Montreal to get number one, I bet you that the Devils would still take Slavkovsky number one overall. That's unless, again, they get a major draft day trade for a star player, which, again, I think is, as we get closer to the draft, relatively unlikely. I really do, unless something drastically changes, but you never know. But the point that I wanted to try to make with this first report about Josh Anderson to the, to the Devils, well, it's great that it just adds on to another player that we're linked to. Josh Anderson is not going to help this team to the point where we're going to sit here and say that um, we we really were lucky. We really lucked out by getting him. Now it's possible that it could be that way, but the chances of it are very very slim. And you wonder to yourself, was this past year for Josh Anderson just you know just a bad year because the whole team had a bad year, or is it that he really isn't as good as his five point five million dollars per year? Um, tries to show. So the bottom line for me is this. I, I'm not wild really about Josh Anderson. I don't, it, it, it's just another one of the many stupid um, reports, rumors, mock trades that the Canadians media is trying to put out there because they want to try to s- see if the devils are stupid enough and gullible enough to, uh, to go for it. And also a lot of it is clickbait as well which uh, it's kind of ironic that I'm then talking about it if I'm being hypocritical because I'm talking about it. But I wanted to make the point because I've seen a lot of people talk about it on social media, a lot of Devils fans and say, look, that stuff is BS, guys, okay? It's not going to happen. And if the Devils do get Josh Anderson, everybody in the front knows the Devils are not trading the second overall pick for Josh Anderson, okay? It's not going to happen. If they get him, they're going to get him at some amount of salary retained and have to give up very late picks, like maybe six, seventh round picks. I'm sorry. That's just, that is me being as fair and as honest as I can be. And watching the Canadians fan base try to make these guys seem better than they actually are is just, is just another prime example of these guys are desperate to get these players off uh, their teams so that they can go out and make the team better and rebuild. But Sometimes you get stuck with bad contracts. The Devils know that very well with P.K. Subban's contract. Each of the last three years, he was with us. $9 million a year. Now we're finally off it. You may very well have to just eat this contract. You may very well have to just let him continue to play. But bottom line for me is that Josh Anderson to the Devils makes very little to no sense whatsoever. The second rumor that uh, I saw that was kind of interesting does not directly involve the devils, but it is something to, to look at. And that is, could the devils go after Sergei Bobrovsky? And this came from, um, from an article from the hockey writers. And it reads this, I I just kind of, I kind of copied the first paragraph of it to uh, do it, but I wanted to make sure it was from the hockey writers. Florida Panthers are reportedly pushing hard to trade veteran goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky, as per a report by Nick Kuyperus said on the Real Kuyper and Bourne show. The Panthers believe it's time to move on and give Spencer Knight the best odds of becoming the team's starter. Kuyperus, excuse me, says the Panthers' mentality on the trade is, quote, in terms of takers who need a goalie and are willing to hold cash back, and I'm told as much as 50%, end quote. So when you hear this, 
Uh, it's kind of interesting considering the season, uh, the last, particularly last two years that the um, Panthers have had. And uh, while Spencer Knight obviously I think is the long-term solution, it is a tough situation for the Panthers because um, they gave a lot of money to Bobrovsky a couple of years ago in the uh, in the offseason in the hopes that he could take them over the top. And it was only this year that he finally got back to a pretty good form. And I don't blame him for why the Panthers did not get over the hump, um, especially getting swept in the second round. They just didn't score. They, uh, Vasilevsky was just too good. And the Panthers just didn't do enough and weren't aggressive enough um, to do the necessary things to pull off an upset there. Because quite frankly, it would have been an upset even though they were the higher seed, to be as honest as I can be. But I look at Sergei Bobrovsky, and I say to myself, you know what? At 50% retained salary, meaning that ha- we only pay half of the money that he's making uh, left on his contract, which we'll go into details in just a second, I honestly am not against it. Uh, it would be an intriguing um, decision when it comes to us filling the goaltending. Uh, the Devils certainly have probably more assets than some of the other goaltending needy teams that could make it easier. But again, the Devils, just like in a lot of these trades, end up holding the cards in this. Now, the other thing to mention also is that Bobrovsky, I believe, has a no movement clause or a um, like monitored um, no trade clause. So the question is, are the Devils on that list? Because if they are, it might make things a little bit more difficult um but obviously if if, uh Bobrovsky came to the Devils that would certainly be a pretty big improvement uh in the goaltending and if you pair him with Mackenzie Blackwood that's a pretty solid goaltending tandem going into uh the 2022-23 season now here's another part from that uh that article that I was just mentioning If the Panthers are willing to retain 50% of his contract, it's likely they'll be able to find a taker for his contract. Four years at $5 million per season for Bobrovsky is a good deal, and despite blips on his radar in recent seasons, the 21-22 campaign was a strong one for the former two-time Vezina Trophy winner. Through 54 games in 21-22, he went an impressive 39-7-3 with a .913 save percentage and a 2.67 goals against average. The Panthers were disappointed in the playoffs, but he helped lead the team to the President's Trophy. The elimination was certainly not his fault as he posted a .911 save percentage and a 2.70 goals against average through 10 games. So, again, when you look at it from that perspective, Bobrovsky is coming off one of his better seasons. He really, really looked like he got back into that Vesna Trophy form. And if this is who Bobrovsky is going to be for the next two or three years, and he's on the Devils, you know, despite obviously the Devils, they're not just a goalie away, but this certainly fills a massive void. And honestly, again, 50% retained salary, that's not bad. The Devils could certainly, I, you know, from a salary cap perspective, afford Bobrovsky's contract full term. But I don't think anybody, including the Devils, is going to take Bobrovsky at full price. I believe that anybody, including the Devils, would take him at 50% retained salary, which honestly wouldn't be that bad. As far as what the Devils would give up, 
I really, really am not sure. I, I, I don't know what the Panthers would necessarily be asking for, but it certainly looks like that they that the Panthers want to make Spencer Knight the full time starter. And I and the only reason they haven't done it is because they're paying so much for Bobrovsky. They don't want to pay him that much to sit on the bench and be a backup and not play as much. And I think it made things different. I think Bobrovsky having a good season this year, as good as he was, I think have made things difficult for the Panthers to say. It's kind of messed up in a way where it almost feels like maybe the Panthers were hoping that they didn't have as good of a season so that they could have a really good excuse to move on from Bobrovsky. But because he had such a good year, it also could be beneficial because then teams might be willing to pay a decent amount. I don't know if the Devils would, but considering the desperation that we do have when it comes to fixing the goaltending, this is definitely another option out there. And again, it proves that it's not just free agency that the Devils could go uh, go down with with regards to a route to figuring out the goaltending problem. They could obviously do a trade. And if we're to believe that Bobrovsky has been made available, I wouldn't be totally surprised that Tom Fitzgerald already has maybe called or is thinking about calling Florida to see what, what they're looking for and seeing if it makes sense for the Devils. Because at the end of the day, guys, regardless of what, the, what happens – Tom Fitzgerald is going to do the best that he possibly can to put the Devils in the best position to succeed going into the 22-23 season. So, and I have a lot of faith in Tom Fitzgerald um, in this offseason that he's going to be active. He's going to get a lot done. And uh, honestly, at you know, if we're to go off of that report and saying and getting Bobrovsky on 50% retained salary. You're getting a guy that was playing at a Vesna Trophy level last year, and then, and he's still relatively in the prime of his career. He could be a guy that could certainly get us over the hump when it comes to um, the goaltending and moving that needle more towards our favor of getting back into the postseason and going from there. And again, Fitzgerald has talked about creating competition in net for Mackenzie Blackwood. I think that's... Uh, I think that's something that could certainly create competition when you have a guy that's won two Vesna trophies in his career and uh, is coming off a tremendous year. And that will certainly put Blackwood in a position where he has to try to prove himself and he gets to play at a high level and Bobrovsky plays at a high level. And at the end of the day, the whole team benefits. So that was kind of something I just wanted to mention. Again, the Devils are not specifically rumored to be interested or going after Bobrovsky, but it is obviously when it comes to goaltending, it's something to keep in mind. So we'll, we'll see what how things transpire when it comes to Bobrovsky and um, his time with the Florida Panthers. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what win or lose looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same game parlays you can do just that create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win how many goals will be scored and more it's your shot at an even bigger payout DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets. No matter what, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the main part of today's episode, and that is... 
my devil's dream offseason. So again, I just want to say this as a disclaimer that although some of these may seem uh, to some ridiculous or unrealistic, it's just going off of what I would love to see, what I would love to see, what would make this an A++ offseason for me. And some of these things I think could happen or very well will happen. Um, and some of them could happen or maybe they they don't at all and there's there's nothing to it. But I just wanted to do this because I thought it was kind of a little fun thing to do, kind of get you guys, uh, get your brains churning a little bit, get, you, get your armchair GM hats on and uh, kind of go from there. So I have, uh, I've actually put this down as like steps, basically. And I have four steps um, when it comes to it. And, um, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to kind of go from there. So let's kick things off with step numero uno, sign Jesper Brett to an extension. Now, this should come as no surprise. I think this is still the devil's top priority. I still firmly believe that a deal will be, will be done before free agency begins. I think the devils would like, although we don't know how realistic it is, I think they would like to have Jesper Brett's contract extension done, signed, and confirmed before even the draft. Because by that point, you'll know it, you'll we will have a much clearer idea as to how much cap space the Devils will have for everything else, trades, free agency, things like that. And obviously, again, because of the fact that the second overall pick could potentially be on the move, this is another factor. And, and Fitzgerald, that's a lot of different things he has to focus on. But I think getting Jesper Brett signed to a long-term extension is still priority number one. And when I look at when I look at contracts, and I and I and I was kind of looking around to seeing if there were any deals that were comparable to what Jesper Brett could potentially get. The one that stuck out to me is a deal that Andre Svechnikov of the Carolina Hurricanes received a cup. Um, I think it was like a year or two ago when he got an extension from Carolina. Now I will say this right off the bat, Jesper Brett is not as good as Andre Svechnikov, but can put up similar numbers as him if he continues to build upon last season, he can put up relatively similar numbers. Now with Svechnikov, he's a guarantee to hit 65 points per season and he could definitely go up to 75, 80, 85 points. He's a, he's a tremendous player and he could do this for the majority of the rest of his career. Now, could Jesper Brett do the same thing? He has the ability to do so 100%. The question is, will he actually do it? That remains to be seen as something to, um, that's something he has to prove. But when you look at the contract itself, uh, the the contract that I, I think the the extension that I think would be good is eight years, sixty two million dollars at a seven point seven five average annual value. And I say that because here's why: we know first and foremost the most talented player on our team is Jack Hughes. There's no question about it. You really, really can't debate it. We know that Nico Kiescher is also our, our captain and argue you could make an argument is the centerpiece of a franchise because really, as um, one of my good friends mentioned, um, she she said to me that basically, you know, the, in her mind, the, the uh, rebuild did not start till Nico Kiescher got here, which I honestly, now that I think about it, it does make a lot of sense to, to look at it that way. And I do agree wholeheartedly. Um, but I will say this, I personally think from a talent perspective, Jesper Bratt is better than Nico Heischer. So what better way 
to show Jesper Bratt that the Devils think highly of him and want to give him a, a hefty amount of money, but to kind of put him in the middle of the two contract extensions that both Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer got. So he won't be making, so from this contract, he won't be making as much as Jack Hughes, but he'll be making more than Nico Heischer, and that still kind of works into the whole value of everything. And I think that's an honestly fair contract. And also 7.75 average annual value is certainly an increase from the money he was getting over the last couple of years. And so that's kind of the way I look at it. So I don't, you know, I'm not saying that this is, this, this contract is definitely what the devils are going to sign him to. This is just from based off of my own research and just looking around at contracts, I think makes a lot of sense. And again, I use Shvetsnikov's contract extension more so for the way that it looks and the way that the expectation is. I think Jesper Bratt has, could certainly have similar, similar expectations to Andre Shvetsnikov again. Saying it out loud, I'm not saying that Jesper Brad is at the same level as Shvechnikov or as good as Andrei Shvechnikov. It's just a comparable deal that I think makes a lot of sense for both Brad and the Devils. So again, my first step when it comes to my Devils dream offseason is to obviously get Jesper Brad signed to a long-term extension. Now, Shifting over to step number two, and this is kind of, this has been the difficult one. This has been the, the one, you know, it's it's kind of like the old song, should I stay or should I go? It, it's And we're revolving it around the second overall pick. Should it stay or should it go? There's a lot of questions. Do we draft a player with the second overall pick? Or do we really try to find a deal where we could get a star quality player? Me personally, step number two, you draft Yurov Slavkovsky with the second overall pick. Habs, in my opinion, are definitely taking Shea right at number one. We always hear rumors, especially as we get closer and closer to the draft, that you know these teams prefer certain players, this, that, and the other thing. But I, I firmly believe that the Canadians look at Shane Wright. They know that he could be a franchise cornerstone, that top number one center. And I think that that's what they want to do. And as much as they may love Slavkovsky, they may just feel like that they cannot pass up on Shane Wright being there at number one overall. So I, I feel very confident that Shane Wright goes number one overall, which leaves Slavkovsky available at the second overall pick. And the reason that I'm so high on Slavkovsky and why so many people understandably so are high on him is for a multitude of different reasons. Number one, the kid at 18 years of age is 6'4 and over 200 pounds. So he immediately has the body frame to come into the NHL right away if the devil so choose to do that and probably be able to make a difference. Number two. We saw him at the Olympics and World Championships, and he was playing against players well over his age and was actually very good. He ended up being the MVP of the Olympics. Now, would he have had the same opportunities if NHL players were playing? Probably not, but he took the opportunity that he was given and ran with it. He became the talk of the Olympics. The Olympics, he was playing on an international stage in front of millions of people and doing very, very well. And I know that people want to want to knock on him for the little amount of work that he's done in his professional time overseas, but he is still an incredibly talented, gifted goal scorer with a big body frame. Something that the Devils loved a lot in a guy like Alexander Holtz. And Slavkowski has the ability to potentially come into the NHL right away and make a difference. But just like I've mentioned numerous times, just like when the Rangers drafted Alexi Lafreniere two years ago, Slavkovsky does not have to come into the NHL and be the savior. Although we would love him to come in and make 
major impacts right away, which he certainly can, he's not the be all and end all. We have so many different other pieces in our farm system and even potentially in trades or in free agency that can help Slavkovsky have an easier transition to the NHL and go from there. So that's the way that I look at it. And I think Slavkovsky is a perfect player for the Devils. I've heard numerous reports at this point that he is fully expecting that he's going to New Jersey. And he's talked about the Devils a lot with his parents and uh, I guess kind of getting himself prepared for it. And I think the Devils at the end of the day, despite all the rumors about them moving the second overall pick, I just don't see them getting a deal that's going to work out for them that's going to be worth the second overall pick. And I think that they would just be smart to draft Slavkovsky. So step number two on my Devils dream offseason list is to draft Yurav Slavkovsky out of Slovakia with the second overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft. Now, let's shift over to step number three, and it involves arguably the second most important task that the Devils have to get, that the Devils have to take care of this offseason, and that is the goaltending. And some of you, or I would say a decent amount of you, probably know where I'm going with this, Erica, I'm talking specifically about you, um, you know where I'm going with this. And I'm going to repeat it again and again explain it for the for all of really decent reasons, in my opinion. And that is sign Marc-Andre Fleury to a one-year deal. One-year deal. And I know that some people might say that, well, he plays one year with us and then we're kind of in the same boat next year. Probably not because, again, I think that Nico Dawes and or Akira Schmidt need another year down in the minors. We saw that Nico Dawes showed some promise this year and has the ability to maybe be a solution long term. And the Devils can't, you know, and if he stays down there all of next year, he'll have a lot of confidence. It'll get himself going and, and really kind of go from there. We can kind of build the goaltending, you know, farm system a little bit more, which is important. So I, I look at that and I say that getting a guy that can come in and play a year or two with Blackwood while our guys like Schmidt and Dawes are developing down in the minors, I think is very beneficial. Now, it's been reported that Mark Roger Fleury wants to play at least one more year. And I know that a lot of the signs uh, point to the Devils not being a fit that makes a whole lot of sense when it comes to different things. Because, again, are the Devils really that close to, you know, close when it comes to winning a Stanley Cup? No. So that may not be as interesting to Marc-Andre Fleury. I also, I also recognize the fact that Fleury had a no-trade clause on his last year, and the, and the Devils were part of it. I do want to also point out the Devils have shown a lot of interest in Marc-Andre Fleury over the last couple of years, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was still there going into this offseason. Um, but he does want to play another year, and I know that there's obviously teams out there who need goaltending who may be a little bit further along, maybe like, a, maybe like an Edmonton, um, that feel like if they get a decent goaltender, they can make a run at the cup, might make it interesting. I also understand that Flurry may not feel comfortable coming into the Metropolitan Division and playing against the Penguins. He was reportedly being dealt or at least being shopped to the Washington Capitals and twice said no, that he would not go to the Capitals. So why would he come to the Devils? You know, I, I get all this. I understand it. But again, dream offseason, my friends. Not the, maybe not the most realistic, if you get what I mean. But 
I look at some of the positives to why signing a guy like Flurry. Devils can give him a pretty decent amount of money to come here on just one on just one year on a one year contract. It certainly creates competition for Blackwood. You have a guy who has championship pedigree, a guy who knows what it takes to win, creates competition for Blackwood, and obviously can go from there. And I think that creating competition for both Blackwood and Flurry, vice versa, competing with one another, can only be beneficial to the Devils as 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 a whole. Um, we also have uh, probably the biggest recruiting chip uh, out there in the NHL right now, and that is having the greatest goaltender to ever play be a part of your organization, be an assistant general manager, and that's Martin Brodeur. And we've heard from Corey Crawford. We've heard from Jonathan Bernier. Um, they both spoke about the fact that Marty reached out to them personally and spoke to them about coming to the Devils. With whoever the Devils decide to go after, whether it's trade or free agency, Marty is going to talk to them. I firmly believe that. And I think that Fleury respects Marty a lot. I think it's vice versa. And if the Devils really wanted to make a pitch to Fleury to come here, the Devils will use Martin Brodeur. And I think that Martin Brodeur can really, really tip the scale in that way. I really, really believe in that. Also, while everybody will say that this is a risk, so is literally every other option out there. Okay, there is no definitive option like we've seen in years past. We say we know definitely that this is the guy that that we need to go get. Uh, how many different people have come out and and said different guys that the devil should go after in net? Nobody feels 100% confident. I don't even feel 100% confident in Flurry. I feel pretty good about it, but not I'm not 100%, you know, confident that it's going to work out, but I just wanted to point out the positives of why bringing a guy like Flurry in as a as a um high risk, but also high reward veteran for a year or two um, to play 1A with uh, Blackwood makes a ton of sense. This is a risk you have to take because in my opinion, Tom Fitzgerald, for all the good that he's done, I still think his job is is relatively on the line going into the season. The same thing with Lindy Ruff. You have to make sure that there are no excuses going into next season. That's the way I look at it. And the last thing that I just mentioned a few minutes ago is that having a guy like Flurry, or quite frankly, having any veteran guy in for a year or two would allow Nico Dawes and Akira Schmidt and some of the other goaltenders we have in our system to develop more in the minor leagues and wherever they're playing right now. And a guy like Dawes who has shown flashes of a guy that could really, really be solid for us long term, you want to give him the chance to grow more and kind of go from there. And you, and you don't want to be in a situation where he's playing seven, eight games in a row. You don't want that with any of your goaltenders because that's just not how the NHL game works anymore. So that is my third step. And that is to sign Marc-Andre Fleury to a one-year deal, you know, let him play out one more year and help us get back into the playoffs. And who knows, maybe we could have a run like the Rangers did this year where we go all the way to the conference finals and be the shocking team of next year. We have a lot of talent and Flurry, I think could help us tip that scale in our favor when it comes to getting back and playing in the Stanley cup playoffs. And the last step that I have here, step number four, is kind of an interesting one because it involves two players and it's really honestly going after one or the other. So just hear me, hear me out when I say this, either trade for David Pasternak or sign Johnny Gaudreau. First and foremost, as it's been reported numerous times, the Devils need a top six star to play with Nico, Nico Hisha and or Jack Hughes. That's something that Tapatero wants to try to get done this year. Slavkovsky could be that answer. And I understand also that for a guy like David Pasternak, it's very likely that the Bruins would ask for 
the second overall pick. And also, it's very possible that the Bruins really, really just want to get a, a contract extension done with Postnock. Postnock, you know, it's, it's very possible Postnock just wants to stay in Boston. And that's that. And we don't even go further. And I also recognize that if a deal isn't done for Pasternak, that he could very well just wait till next year in free agency and then sign somewhere like the Devils. And the Devils are going to have even more cap space, regardless of everything we do here. We're, we're going to have a even more cap space going into next offseason in 2023. So the possibilities are endless. So it's like, why would you trade for Pasternak? Well, you would if you can guarantee an extension. There's no question about it. Everybody I've spoken to, we all agree on the same thing. If we're getting a guy like Pasternak, who a lot of you seem to be more in favor of him than maybe going after Alex Dabrinkit, and I agree with that, but a lot of you say, well, we have to get an extension. We can't trade for Pasternak, give up big-time assets for him, and not and not get an extension. It would have to be a sign-and-trade, which I, I, I think, again, I don't you know, if a deal does happen, and I'm not saying it is, but if a deal does happen, I, it, a, an extension has to be in place. So let's say, hypothetically speaking, the Devils are able to trade for Pasternak. The first part, again, is with an extension. Here is my proposal for an extension for David Pasternak. Seven years, $73.5 million at a $10.5 million average annual value. Uh, it is fair to say very fair to say that Pasternak has uh, played beyond the six-year, $40 million extension that he signed a handful of years ago, you know, five years ago with the Bruins. And this guy has the ability to make $10 million. He is in the prime of his career or just entering really the main prime of his career. He is a superstar in this league. And he was a, he's a guy that would tip the scale a lot in our favor if we were to acquire pop of the talent of David Pasternak. And he's worth that amount of money. And yes, he would end up getting paid more than Jack Hughes, but Pasternak, you know, I'm not saying this, that Jack Hughes doesn't deserve the money that he's getting, but Pasternak has already proven for a handful of years, how talented he really is and how much of a superstar he really, he really um, is. And that's, that to me makes a lot of sense when it comes to an extension. And again, for Pasternak, Knowing that the Bruins may very well be starting to lean towards a rebuild, especially if Patrice Bergeron doesn't come back next season and knowing some of the main guys who are going to be out for an extended period of time, even after the season starts, staying at Boston may not be the sexiest thing for uh, David Pasternak. So that's something to keep in mind. But I think an extension like that, I think, is really good. And again, it would just allow us to add another guy to our core of players that we can run with for four or five years straight with the amount of talent that we have. Now, with regards to a trade, this is obviously me speaking after the draft. So again, if the Devils kept the second overall pick, but still end up being able to find a deal for David Pasternak, you're, you guys are going to immediately ask the question, well, how in the hell would the Devils be able to get a guy like Pasternak if they don't include the second overall pick? Well, this is how I this is how I personally think this could be a fair deal. This in, in my opinion. The Bruins get the Devils 2023 unprotected first round pick, and they also get our 2024 unprotected first round pick. Right away, two first round picks in the next two years. And we know how deep the 2023 NHL draft is, and not just talking about it from the first couple of picks with Connor Bedard and that and that guy from uh Russia, but 
a lot of talent coming through the wing, something that the Bruins have to start implementing. And they've done a good job of drafting and developing guys, even in the later parts of the first round. So I, I, it's, it, it's, it's a pretty good thing to start with. But then you have to talk about top prospects as well as NHL-ready players. And again, there is no report about what the, what the Bruins would be looking for in a trade for Pasternak if they do decide to do one. But I decided to go with one anyway. I think you add Arseny Gritsyuk to the deal because, again, although Gritsyuk is still another year, maybe two, away from coming to the NHL, um, he is still a very talented player who really, really lit it up in the KHL this year and shows a lot of promise. And then the NHL-ready player who is a guy that I think has really submitted him, you know, cemented himself as a top-six scoring winger, and although it would be hard for some people to see him go, but it would be, in my opinion, Igor Sharangovich or Yegor Sharangovich, excuse me, I don't know why I said Yegor, Yegor Sharangovich. Now, this may not be the sexiest deal. I recognize that. But again, this is a dream offseason thing. And I think to a, to a good extent, it's fair. Now, if that means that we have to, instead of Gritsyuk, we have to add it, we have to include um, Alexander Holtz. As much as that would be hard for me, because I still love the potential of Holtz, I get it. It's the price you have to pay to, to do that. And plus, if we are adding a guy like Pasternak to our team, where does a guy like Holtz fit in as toward, you know, as regards to everything else? So that's kind of, especially when you got Slavkovsky who could play in Holtz's position on that top six anyway. So you very you you may very well have to replace Kritsiak with Alexander Holtz. And that would be kind of tough. I don't know if Fitzgerald would be willing to do that unless he's getting a good deal. But can you imagine just Hypothetically speaking, can you imagine if we were able to still draft Slavkovsky and then eventually make a deal for Pasnak and get him as well on an extension? That would be a pretty damn good thing to do. That would be pretty good. So that was the first part of the stream off season that you could do. The other option that I mentioned is getting Johnny Gaudreau signed to a long-term, long-term deal via free agency. And again, we're at the position right now where it has been reported that I believe the Flames have potentially made an offer to Goudreau and that they're just kind of waiting to see what he decides to do. I know Pierre Lebrun of TSN spoke about there's a, there's a possibility that um, getting a deal wherever it is may not have really anything to do with money as, ter- as more as it has to do with maybe Goudreau just wants to come back East and play on the East coast. And the devils would certainly um, be able to not only give him the money that he would probably want, but also, give him a chance to extend his window of getting into the Stanley Cup finals and winning a cup. And he would certainly, again, like Pasternak, take us over the hump in many, many different ways. So that's kind of an exciting thing when you look at that. Now, with regards to what the Devils could offer Johnny Gaudreau and what I think they should offer him is, this is what I say. I go seven years, $66.5 million, giving him a $9.5 million average annual value. Now, again, That's about almost $3 million more than what he was making on his previous contract in Calgary. And I know that some people say that he might be fetching $10 million. But if it really doesn't have to do necessarily with money, then the Devils could work out a deal with Gaudreau where he comes to this team, gives him a chance to have a longer time to, to go win a cup with a very talented team and him being a cornerstone piece of the team. And also being a little bit generous in saying that he doesn't take an absurd amount of money, because I think anything under 10, in my opinion, to get Johnny Gaudreau would be a job well done by 
um, Tom Fitzgerald. And I don't think, and giving him nine and a half million dollars, that's not that, that's not that uh, unreasonable in my opinion. Um, and I think that he would be worth that money. And I understand that people will look at it and say at the back end of his career, it might come back to bite us. But when you're trying to take the next step and trying to, you know, make these smart decisions, you're not necessarily worried about that too much, if you know what I mean. And Fitzgerald has done a really good job of putting the Devils in a position to constantly have a really good amount of cap space to make moves, to take advantage of cap strap teams and kind of go from there. And we're, we're sitting on currently $25 million. And even if a contract extension, you know, when a contract extension comes for Jesper Brett, we'll still have plenty of money, not just for this year, but for years ahead of time to be able to afford a, a Johnny Gaudreau or even a David Pasternak on a contract extension. So that is my final step for my Devil's Dream offseason. Again, the title of it that I put is either, either trade for David Pasternak or sign Johnny Gaudreau. And I'm not talking about doing both, okay? I'm, I'm not doing that at all. So to quickly recap, my Devil's Dream offseason, step one, sign Jesper Brad to an extension. Step two, draft Yurav Slavkovsky, number two overall. Step three, sign Marc-Andre Fleury to a one-year deal. And as I mentioned just moments ago, step four, either trade for David Pasternak or sign Johnny Gaudreau. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my personal Devil's Dream offseason. And again, let me know what you guys think. If you agree, disagree, what you think the Devils should do, what's your dream offseason. Would love to know more from you guys. And as always, hit me up on Twitter at Devil's State and also on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind.